house. No, the right no, house. I didn't get We want to talk to Marilyn Hack. I'm from Canada Water. Selena y Los Dinos, which has just skyrocketed to the number one spot. Hello and welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast still waiting at that Applebee's. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we're here to perform the autopsy. I am your host, Chris File, and I'm here, as always, with my lady getting crushed under the stage, Joe. Oh, Reed. no! <laughs> I like when I don't look at the the intro paragraph and the outline ahead of time, and your uh, your intro line takes me by surprise. What a harrowing moment! Truly movie. a harrowing moment in this otherwise lovely. Well, I, until the end. The end of is of course it, we'll, we'll get into it. The end is right. very. I forgot how the end sequence just like Come, really yeah. hits you. It kind of does, and a then whole they're like different thing. later. Yeah, this movie doesn't get enough credit for actually taking some creative risks at certain points of the movie for sure. a, a, what is otherwise a very straightforward, uh, you know, um, crowd pleasing biopic movie. Well, the but other like, the thing end... about that scene that you mention, the the lady being crushed by the stage, is that's a scene that sort of preys upon my. Um, sort of white person's knowledge of Selena, especially at the time when I was like, I was a teenager and like, I had heard about Selena, but like in a very limited context, certainly in a limited context before she uh, had died. And so like now watching this, I'm like, I don't know what the history of her professional life is. Like maybe there was some sort of like horrible Altamont-esque like disaster at a concert of her. So I'm watching that scene. I'm like, oh my God, like I really hope this doesn't turn into some like horrible disaster where, you know, multiple people are killed at a Selena concert or something like that. So she calms an entire uh, very eager crowd with Coma La Flor. It, it, it works. Listen, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring our guest in. We can't. We, we got to bring our guest in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, not only are we back from our main miniseries, we're back with a guest, everybody. Right. Uh, we're not going to wait to uh, bring him in. Uh, you know him as a journalist, verified Tejano, and co-host of The Mix Reviews. It is Louis Rendon, everyone. Yay. Hi, 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 everyone. That was me giving the... <laughs> I, I was calming down the crowd. That is Joe and Chris. Uh, because podcast. Let's do it really slow, really slow, okay, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to bring you in because you were cracking us up. Yeah, well, I, you guys were right in it. You said uh, you were like this is the scene. I mean, that scene is crazy. I watched the movie again for like the ten billionth time right. with a person who had never seen it before. <gasps> I know there are there are lots of. I'm sorry, whites out there who just don't know the lore. I mean, I, I let me I tell said, you, I will say, as somebody who like grew up as a VH1 viewer, I've seen, I've certainly seen 
all the component parts of Selena. This was the first time I've ever sat down and watched it front to end, though. Like it was uh, sure, yeah. Right. But like it's regularly on TNT, etc. You can catch fifteen yes. minutes of Selena at any point of any day. Yes. Right. Okay. But there are there are a lot of people though who like did not grow up with her. Only if they knew about her, they knew her after she exactly. died. Yeah. Uh, maybe knew her because they had like a Mexican friend who was like, <laughs> you fucking crazy person. Like, you know, um, there are millions of us. Um, okay. And I'm I, one of those people who, sure, much like Princess Diana, mm. the first time <laughs> I was introduced to Selena was her death. Okay. So, but sure. I am also, I, I would also claim that to just be part of being very young. I was um, going to say, this is Chris just like I'm a throwing it in there that he's, uh, he's a good bit younger than me. Like I was about to say, clearly you didn't have an aunt with a people magazine subscription because like, that's basically how I knew about Diana. Chris, before. aren't you also from Ohio? Yeah, but, like, when I was young... Uh, no, first of all, my thing is, like, you say it's all these people who don't even know who Selena is, but, like, did they also not listen to mid-90s adult contemporary radio? Because when the crossover album happened after she died, that was all over, yeah. like, Delilah. But it was after she it's died, though. Like, I, I do feel like of you. that was when... VH1, speaking of VH1, like it's all kind of coming back to Video Hits 1 here on this uh, episode. But um, they, <laughs> but they also, I was at the age playing two that where, like, after she had died. I didn't have the concept of many musical artists. Like I knew songs that I was young enough right. to like. Right. Yeah. right. I think the whole point of this is to say, and it's like a very good like introduction. I, I, I had been racking my brain forever. I mean, we've crossed paths on our podcast. Like Gavin's been on your podcast. Both of you have been on our podcast. We did. It's about damn um, time. You're here. It's, but I, in my head, I was like, I don't have a good enough movie to talk about. Like, uh, I was racking my brain for like literally probably a year now. Like, what should I pitch them? <laughs> and it finally just like slapped me in my like the front of my face. Um, like, Selena is that girl. <gasps> Look at this Texas um, Monthly cover that you have. Oh my god, this is from 1995. Um, this happened like r- right after she died. Um, obviously, like this is a, a an auditory experience for people. But yeah, I have a Texas Monthly from 1995. I will Selena's have the cover on the, cover. On the Tumblr, listeners. Okay, so it says the senseless shooting of the Tejano Queen by Joe Nick Potaski, and it's guns, a special report. Um, yeah, I I I seen Selena when I was like a child. She, like in oh the movie, God. she goes on she goes on her like little county fair tour, mm-hmm. um, and I saw her at the Laredo Jalapeno um, Festival, and she I was a I was a bebe. I was sure, so small, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, she. All this to say, like I know that there. Are tons of reasons why you know uh, people would not know her. For me specifically, like, and for a lot of people like me, my God, she was everything. And mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, watching it again this time, I was like, wow, she really talks a lot about. Or the movie um, goes out of its way to say like she is of the people. Her right. fans are so important. Um, a lot of the cultural specificity about her, like not knowing Spanish and like being where she's from, like they really hit that over the head. And I was like, I must have just not caught it before maybe i just think about it a lot now but it's like yeah she was you know there was no one like her there has been no one like her since she means your annoying mexican friend who keeps talking about selena like (laughs) it's because like there's no one else like not even jennifer lopez who i love dearly is not selena like that she she she's a puerto rican woman and she's great and she's a star but like um we we mourn forever like the loss of our one she, she was our Cedric Diggory, like you know, like the one Hufflepuff Huffle- who could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! She was like the one Mexican, yeah. like who's gonna fucking do it? Uh, 
Well, while we are not, uh, Joe and I are not uh, gay men who have any Mexican heritage in our background, we are not someone who is ever going to call talking about Selena annoying because... (laughs) Very true. Very true. Um, One of the things that I think is so interesting about this, and it makes, obviously, after you watch the movie, it makes sense. The fact that Selena died... In 1995, was murdered in 1995. This movie comes out in March of 1997. I had sort of remembered this because it was an awards uh, movie. It was a Golden Globe nominee and whatever. I had sort of remembered it as being a later in the year 97. So, like, it is a very, very condensed timeline between when Selena's murdered and when right. this movie comes out. And then you watch the movie and you see the involvement that uh, Abraham uh, Quintanilla has in the movie. And it's like, well, that makes sense. Like, and, and, and it's, and you imagine, and I haven't uh, uh, read interviews with, uh, with Abraham or whatever, but I would imagine that a lot of this was, he was, you know, sort of a, in the nicest possible terms, control freak. Uh, with you yes. know the he, he is he is a control freak. Like, and I have read the interviews. He's and so I would imagine <laughs> that after this happens and the sort of you know the anger and the grief and whatever, but then you want to you want to make sure that the story being put out there is your daughter's story, is your family's story, yeah. and with all the media attention that followed it, I would imagine a lot of the desire to get this movie out was. We're going to tell this story so somebody else doesn't, I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, the family is very litigious to this day, protective of sure. her story, protective of her identity. I mean, and it's easy to, to criticize because, I, I mean, literally they've gone after all sorts of people for trying to, you know, um, capitalize off her success. But, like, I think about he, his life before her and his tr- uh, trials to be to stardom yeah. uh, and then him knowing just knowing his daughter was going to make it and all of a sudden like she is most famous now because she died in the way she died and having to like like they were on the precipice of becoming global sensations and she did become one but it's because she died and how how do you even react to that um yeah the movie comes out really really shortly after the i mean we were still really i yeah i would imagine Um, so yeah and and watching the movie is I mean it always makes you cry not because obviously like it's a horrible thing but I think about all the people who the fans those are real fans who showed up yeah to do the Astrodome scene to just stand there with the real pictures of Selena uh. and just cry and have like this memorial like it it I love this movie because not only do I think it's a great movie but I think it's like it's part of community healing like sure, literally sure. Mm-hmm. um you know we are coming together. Uh, they, they, I'm sure they didn't get paid shit. Like they, they said, "I'm gonna wait." I'm sure shooting a movie sucks as an extra, but especially like, in imagine. like outdoor heat, like that whole kind of thing. Yes. Like, yeah, sure, yes. Um, but yeah, and so uh, the movie is very special to me and to to a lot of people. Sure. Um, and and for a lot of different reasons. I also think like Jennifer Lopez is stunning. Um, like someone asked me, "Oh, like is, is she good in it?" Or you know, what's what? And I was like, "This is." You know, they're trying to capture like lightning in a bottle, you know, to find the person to be this who Selena was. And, you know, Jennifer Lopez has it. She is a fucking the star. fact that it's like, a star making performance in a story about a sort of star, you know, the making of a of a of another star and that and I don't the one thing I don't really want to get into is the comparing of, you know, sort of star trajectories of of 
Selena and Jennifer Lopez in the context, but I did think of like Jennifer Lopez to me, and again, somebody who does not have the Selena context is to me a bigger global superstar than Selena was. And Jennifer Lopez had the time to sort of like build that career. But I think how Her career has been longer than Selena was alive. But how unlikely so that is to when that casting happened, that the the worry is are we going to find an actress who can capture this level of star wattage that somebody became mm-hmm. such a huge beloved superstar so quickly? And then you end up casting one of the very few people in the world who could emulate that kind of star trajectory and take it to the place that Jennifer Lopez has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's easy to remember, like, Jennifer Lopez was not yet the Jennifer no, Lopez. No, she was know. a fly girl. Like, no. She was... She was not a pop star right. yet. She was not like I think she had done one or two movies before with Gregory Nava. Like it, she was. My God, if I could take you to South Texas in 1995 when the casting call comes out for this, the way that every little Mexican young woman went out sure. to try an audition, I, I mean, it was nuts. The little girl who plays young Selena in this movie, she was from the valley where my mom grew yeah. up, and. She was like a minor local celebrity for a oh while. She was on, I remember I remember very specifically she recorded um like board and milk commercials that would play. Oh my god. <laughs> and um and, and and but people were furious. I was going to say when Jennifer I was going to ask because uh, casting a Puerto Rican American as a as a furious. Oh my gosh. And and I think to this day I just I was just reading Shay Serrano's book um movies and other things and he has a whole like se- section on it and he talks about like Jennifer Lopez is not Mexican. But she is one of us. Sure. She is just we, – we have invited her in <laughs> to the fold because she – I think everyone was furious and then watched the movie and were like, fuck. Yeah. Yep. That was right. That was right. <laughs> she got it. She did that. Off topic, but you mentioned Shea Serrano and his new TV show, Primo, by the way, on Amazon Freebie. Cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so funny and so good. I, I reviewed it for Texas Monthly. Oh, nice. Um, I reviewed it for Primetimer. That's fantastic. I'll have to rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got Joint to interview him. And, and we, uh, that's a joint slide. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about, uh, we talked about, you know, my, my, my review is a lot about how like there is zero Spanish in this show. The one Spanish word is the title. Yes. The title is in fact incorrect because primo means. Right. Friends. Right. That took me a second to like, to, I was like, wait, I think I know that's of the Spanish that I know. That's a word that I know. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, yeah. Shay's great. Um, what I've realized is Shay is like the straight version. <laughs> like I was like, sure. whenever I whenever I read all of this stuff, I'm like, wow, he's so passionate, but I don't care about Fast and the Furious <laughs> at, all. <laughs> at all. That's funny. Um but anyway, um I just looked it up because I wanted to uh see how soon the behind the music on Selena was because that was the other sort of source yes. of info on this. And that's the one that would not have been controlled by the Quintanilla family, obviously. Um, and that came out in March of 98. So that was one year after the movie comes out. And yeah, I, I remember the movie the... being included in the behind the music. Do they have, is that where they have the interview with Yolanda? They do. And that's why, yeah. that's what I find yeah. interesting is I would imagine that that was probably a sore spot with the family too. You don't want to, allow this you know the murderer of your daughter to in any way sort of like gain notoriety from this right yeah Yeah, and that's i remember seeing her like talking about she was my best friend i you know i she 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 still claims she never she didn't do it it wasn't her um and uh yeah but yeah it's 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 wild she for 
a good f- three, four years, she became national news, yeah. you know? And yeah. it, it's almost as if, like, that um, scene in the movie where she's at the mall and people are like, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> that was happening nationally, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, wh- why are all these, like, <laughs> Tejanos and, like, Mexican-Americans, like, freaking out? What's going on? And, and then when you hear the story, you're like, that is fucking devastating. It's, it's yes. horrible. Yeah. Um. Well, we've already. I think we've covered the why did you want to? Why did you want to choose uh, Selena <laughs> yeah. as your choice? One of our regular questions with our guests. But it is your uh, first time here, so yes. Uh, we we do ask our first time guests. We want to know your Oscar origin story. We want to know when the Oscars sort of became a a thing for you when you first sort of noticed them. Yeah, I I would say that I became an Oscar person like a little bit later in life because we were not a movie going family as a, as youths. That was like a luxury. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was very much like if Theos and Theas were in town and we need to like take kids away to like, you know, keep them busy. <laughs> so sure. I, so, you know, it wasn't until later and probably like around middle school and I would see like um, entertainment weeklies at the dentist office. Sure. And it was like Oscar, this and that. And like, they talked about the Academy as some sort of like otherworldly force uh-huh. or being. Uh-huh. And I, I remember, I just also loved being that little know-it-all piece of shit. In my family being like, actually guys, um, the buzz, <laughs> the buzz really is that um, Will Smith is going to get it this year. Uh, but like, for, because I read entertainment weekly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, totally. But, but, and then realizing learning that like oh the academy are these people like there's a group of people it's not just like i don't know some movie overlords in a closet somewhere right <laughs> um and 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 then yeah just like deeply i mean the reason i like i do the show with gavin and and you guys and gavin share like the same like movie mental illness that you just like <laughs> know everything remember oh you're very smart people i am a big dum dum but just like i'm so taken by the catharsis. I I went I went to the um, Academy Museum in L.A. was fully crying in the room where they're showing the speeches, just because sure. like some of these people like they win Oscars and then just like disappear into thin air, you know? Like, but my God, you finally fucking did the thing. Um, uh, and so yeah, I don't know. There's just like so much. I remember when Halle Berry won, and I was crying there with her. I it's just a lot of um, emotion, so, so emotional, yeah, it's so emotional, yeah. And I, unfortunately, am an emotional boy. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We love that. As are we. Um. All right, Chris. Where do we begin with uh, with Selena? Let's just maybe get into the sixty second plot description oh, so yes. that we can just dive in to the movie itself. Listeners, we're here talking about the motion picture Selena, written and directed by Gregory Nava, starring Jennifer Lynn Lopez, Edward James Almost, Lupe Ontiveros, we will get into it, <laughs> Constance Marie, John Seda, Jackie Guerra, and Jacob Gar- Vargas. The movie premiered in wide release March 21st, 1997. Louis, as our guest, you are charged with the 60-second plot description. Are you ready? I was born ready. All right, then, Louis, your 60-second plot description for Selena starts now. Okay, so Abraham Quintanilla is like a Jersey boy of the Texas Gulf Coast. And <laughs> it's the 60s, and he wants to sing his little doo-wop. Uh, but the white um, restaurants are like, absolutely not, you're Mexican. And so he tries, he has his band, the Dinos. Um, they try and playing in the Mexican restaurants, and they're like, queremos bailar! And so they like... 
he's not Mexican enough. He's not American enough. Cut to the 80s. He has children now. He's married. He's given up on his dreams of being a singer. But then he um, discovers that his daughter, Selena, 30 seconds, nine years old, is an icon. Um, so he starts a band with the family. Um, they go on tour for a long time. They learn the washing machine. Um, she eventually becomes an icon, but at age 23 is murdered by uh, the president of her fan club. And um, yeah, it's fucked. All right, with 12 seconds to spare. Boom. That was the uh, same plot description. Okay, the the uh, beginning of the movie when you have this woman, the same actress, not once, but twice, screaming with a fist in the air, we want to dance! Why don't we have this as a gif? <laughs> yeah, why, can't we, why can't we tweet it at the pop girlies who want to make their moody album? Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, uh, that that uh that gift or that meme does live like in the culture of like South Texas. Just like when you're at like the vi- <laughs> like quinceañeras being like queremos bailar, like everyone knows. Like, <laughs> there are so many lines from this movie that like we can just say to each other, and we absolutely already know like the language we're speaking. <laughs> I love that. Um, this is what again. This was being the first time that I've watched the whole thing together. Um. I don't think I ever quite appreciated that this movie, like, does take its time to get you mm-hmm. to, um, adult yep. Selena. Like, when the, the Jennifer yeah. Lopez of it all, you get, you spend a lot of time with sort of the, the family and, and sort of seeing what this family unit is. And, uh, Edward <laughs> James <laughs> Almost and Constance Marie and their sort of their marriage. And he's. Como se dice Reaganomics? <laughs> <laughs> He's such There's a... a whole scene that is basically like fuck Ronald Reagan that yeah. could yeah. that would not be in any other movie but I'm so happy it's there. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> um Abraham's such a complicated character and I do for, you know, a movie that he had so much control over. I give him credit for sort of painting this very complicated picture uh, or yeah. sort of like uh, overseeing this very complicated picture of himself and Edward James almost performs it so well. Um, it's intimidating in- at every moment. Yeah, and but also like s- striving and kind of you know you can see why he pushed you know his kids and you can sort of look at that and just be like okay how much was this him wanting to live his you know dreams of being a a musician through his kids and how much of this was you see this little spark of stardom in your daughter and right you think like this is sort of you know our ticket out and there's there's complicated you know emotions on that and this is not a movie that sort of simplifies that which i think you know to its credit and then by the time you get to jennifer lopez you've like laid a really strong foundation i'm glad you kind of bring this up because you know this movie did have a lot of involvement from the family and like that kind of i think in the two and a half decades since this movie and the amount of biopics and musical biopics we've seen that do feel incredibly authorized biography Mm -hmm. and we know all the pitfalls of that and those have made for a lot of really boring unengaging movies and like this movie has the like potential for that and it kind of avoids it at every turn i think by kind of how emotionally invested we get in that um Mm -hmm. it's not just selena's story it feels very much like the story of a family yeah for a lot of the movie um well the dream of motifs they do a really good job of 
Constance Marie Legend, who plays Marcella, the mom. Oh, I'll talk about it for sure. She like she. There, <laughs> I I didn't recognize. There's a moment in the restaurant. She's like, "You told me you weren't going to quit your job for this fucking restaurant." Yeah. You told me you talk about your dream, but what about my dream? Our, my mm-hmm. dream was to like have my kids safe, to raise them in a house, and her dream is, is like he's like my dream is more important. Like basically, right. right? And they have to move in with like uncles and aunts, and like you know they live kind of a poorer life, and then you know. Selena's like, I'm looking at the moon, you know, like my dream when she has dreams. <laughs> yeah. When she's killed, like she's like, I've been having dreams about my future. Mm-hmm. And so, and then of course, like the fucking movie ends on dreaming of you. Like right. it's mm-hmm. just, I hadn't really, um, you know, considered how strong that motif of dreams yeah. and, and, um, you're, but hearing you talk about that, Joe, like he, he w- willed this fucking thing to happen. Yeah. And like it was that. And then also Selena just being a fucking like, legend right you know mm-hmm. performer coming together it's like magic the constance marie of it all though i want to talk about it because uh and and i guess uh, to start talking about uh gregory nava's previous film to this which was uh my family mi familia uh which was a couple of years before this and i remember seeing that it was pretty well publicized movie i feel like it was a new line movie it was a studio movie and it was jimmy smith's and I remember even at the time, and I was, like I said, like a teenager, like I wasn't really, you know, at all sophisticated, but I remember thinking like, well, that's kind of silly that that needs to have this Americanized title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like we couldn't mm-hmm. connect the dots from Me Familia. Like, it, like it's, it's so strange. It's so 90s in that way of like not quite trusting that white America could like figure right. that out if they didn't. Um, but I remember that being like a pretty decently sized movie and like all of the major cast members of Selena are in that movie. Edward James almost and Constance Marie and Lupe Antaveros and in a uh, small world, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez plays Constance Marie's mom in Mi Familia. Oh, that's in the flashback. She's in in flashback and Jennifer Lopez is like the grandma. And then the grandchild grows up to be Constance Marie. I was like, this is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I've still never seen it is the thing is like, I was, that was, I was just too young to sort of like go and see like interesting movies. I was still seeing just the movies that all my friends were going to go see, which were like Jurassic Park and Speed and you know what I mean? Like all the big, you know, movies, um, having not seen it, is is it, is it a good sort of a precursor to, uh, to what he does? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think the one I talked, we talked about this movie in our Jennifer Lopez episode of the mixed reviews. And, uh, what I've realized watching it now as an adult, the language, the visual language of this movie is very much hearkening to, uh, Tejano music video style. There's a lot of like split screens. There's a lot of like camera movements and like kind of, um, these like washes that kind of happen, um, I mean, in th- that Mexico concert scene, like the camera fully goes wide, like yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and, and for some people, like it's cheesy, it's corny. And I get that. Like, you know, it's not your typical, um, like glossy movie, but like the visual language is the language of Tejano. Like it just is. Yeah. And I think Mi Familia is also in that same language. Um, I watched this movie in college. I took one, like, film discourse class i don't fucking know sure um and (laughs) and we watched this movie and i was like wow it's and even with this movie we mexicans and mexican americans have been having the same fucking conversations for decades on just like 
how do you be a good Mexican? How do you not be? And like, are you too white? I mean, there's that whole conversation just, in the movie that, yeah, that he and, has about that. Yeah. And in Mi Familia, one of the brothers, his name is um, Guillermo. But when he grows up, he is William now. And he will ask you to s- treat him as such. And because he right. wants to assimilate, he wants to be one of us, like all those things. And and like, no shade. He wants to fucking succeed. And like for a long time, sure. you that's what you fucking had to do. That's what my mom did. Um, and uh, and yeah. And and so the scene where Sel- Selena's like, please, dad, let us go to, to Monterey. Um, I mean, by God, even just like Selena, like the way she fucking like everyone calls her Selena. Um, <laughs> and then when they it's go very to Mexico, Jan Hooks talking about the Alamo, right? Like Selena. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when they go to Mexico and they're performing, all the fans are saying Selena, yeah, Selena, yeah, yeah, Selena. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I every I was watching the movie and I was like, iconic scene alert, iconic scene alert. There's so many when she's like, me siento muy excited. Like, yes, that the press conference. Just, yes, that it's just so good. Like she, um, yeah, she had to impress Oprah and Christina and um, and she fucking did it. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that like visual language from my family and in this movie. They very much feel like um, like a, a strong pairing. And, and, I, and I, I didn't realize until way later that Gregory Nava was had hands in both but yeah it makes a lot of sense so you you mentioned uh tejano music video style and i want to sort of uh ask you about that too because that's another thing where we talked about how after selena died was sort of when that crossover album really got a lot of play on american uh, music video mm-hmm. channels and whatnot and i think that was also when just tejano as a genre as a style became you know, mm. known to a whole lot of people. And that's, and, and Selena being a, you know, the crossover Tejano star, how representative, I guess, of, of, you know, Tejano style versus uh, how accessible as a Tejano yeah. star. Do you know what I mean? Like, can you speak to that? Yeah, a bit? sure. I mean, like, I think the thing about her is, I mean, in the movie, she says, I love Donna Summer. I want, they want her to play rock music. The movie starts pop. with her singing Donna Summer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like she, as a kid, loved these artists. And then as an adult brought them into, I mean, AB says, I'm going to write the music. I'm going to bring some of that funk into it. Um, and, you know, if you know one Selena song in Spanish, it's probably Bidi Bidi Bam Bam. Yeah. Um, and that, that was like her kind of like biggest hit. And if you were an American listener who only knew Dreaming of You, um, or her other English songs, and they were like, Oh, let me see. And you've heard Beady Beady Bomb Bomb. You were like, Oh my God, the Hanumiak slays. And, yeah. and, and, but I think. All the music is not like Selena because Selena was very accessible. She had to learn the rancheros and like all the classics, um, to, to get them in. But then you see her at the El Paso County Fair fucking like with her bustier and she's dancing and, you know, doing the running man. Like, yes, it, it, she, <laughs> yes. she she was a child of the time, yeah. you know, like and and so she was able to walk the line and appreciate the culture of um, the, the Tejano culture, the Mexican culture and understand that. But also being like, yeah. I want to fucking party. I want to like dance and i want to have fun she was wearing bell bottoms like hello yeah (laughs) oh and like it's it's funny because we think of i think because of the movie and because of the crossover album happening in the sort of mid to late 90s we maybe don't think of her within the context of what was 
pop music at the time, which was Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and sort of like yeah, mall yeah. pop. And like, this is an interesting conversation with the mall pop of that era, right? The new kids on the block of, you right. know, what, what, you know, white American pop music was at the time. And it's interesting to place Selena in that context as well, where she's just this young girl who's, you know, Pre-spice singing the girls. music that she yes. loves. Yeah. Yeah, pre-spice and also, girls, it's, exactly. It's wild. I was watching the movie with my friend and he was like, how old is she? When we finally meet Selena, adult Selena, I was like, how old is she? She's literally like 17. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. she she dies when she's 23 years old. Right. Uh, like, it's crazy to me. Like, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that she had died. Yeah. Um. And it, and it's wild to me that I'm now old, like <laughs> a lot older than Selena ever will be. Um. But uh, where the fuck was my thought going on this? Uh. But oh, yeah. She, I mean... It's it's I don't think a lot of people understand how young she was. Yeah. Um and to have that much charisma to be able to work a crowd as well as she did. Yeah. Um and I think the movie does a really good job of that. At the press conference in Mexico, she's shaking hands, kissing babies. Yeah. She is able to there's I think they said, you know, ten thousand, thirty thousand, an ocean of people who are literally killing each other to like party with Selena. Yeah. And she's able to shut them all the fuck up with one like well-placed finger and like one of her bangers. Yeah. Like wild. It's incredible. The other thing I wanted to say uh, before I uh, take the pin out of uh, the Constance Marie thing, because I did want to mention (laughs) that when, so like the first half hour of this movie before when, when Selena's still a kid, Constance Marie is so like otherworldly gorgeous and beautiful like just as an actress but also like in this role she's luminous and she's so charismatic you mentioned the washing machine uh scene where she's dancing with selena um on the the pier or whatever they wherever they are and it's so um she's so fun and she's so like you know sort of like and then you cut to the flash forward and they have wig put work. this woman <laughs> wig in and glasses. the most librarian ass wig that you've ever seen in your entire life. And I'm like, oh, Constance Marie, what have they done to you? What have they and done to you? Because they don't do anything to no, <laughs> James they Olmos. don't at they all. Do nothing. <laughs> they don't. That's the thing. Oh my god. And it's so funny because, like, at the very beginning of the movie, it starts with you know adult Selena on stage singing uh, uh, Donna Summer before they flash back, and so you see Abraham and um, oh, what's Marcella? Thank you, Marcella. Like she's like working the the you know uh, the booth the booth or whatever, and so and but you don't like it's so quick that I didn't clock it, and then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like in my head I'm like oh they're about to flash forward I'm like. Oh, was that yeah. the woman with that wig? And then all of a sudden they do, and it's just like, oh my god, it's just like I, you know, no shade, but like it's oh Constance Marie, you're it's you're rough. too too beautiful for this world. <laughs> it's rough, but I think like their relationship and their chemistry is very good. Like so mo- mother daughter. Yes, there's so many moments where Selena like is a little girl, and she's just like kind of like even as an adult wrapping up in her mom's arms, being like, mom, I I want a farm, I, uh, I want to have a baby, I love Chris, and she is like the the solve to, you know, the, I don't know, the crassness of Abraham. Yeah. You know, and, and she's the one she's like, I think she looks cute. 
And oh my god! Her. The amount of narrative attention that Bustier gets, by the way, is so incredibly yes. like uh, yeah. amazing. What um, a flashback to a time too, where it's like it's just Bustier, but it was so stand out. Uh, well, it's know, like in like Elvis or whatever, 80s, where, 90s, where they're like put uh, Elvis in a jumpsuit or whatever, and it's just like it's that same level of iconography, right? It's just like mm-hmm. Selena's the birth of Selena's Bustier. <laughs> And I mean, the way that as children, we would say Busti Kaka all the time to each other, like that was just, I mean, there's so many funny, I mean, I don't think people talk enough about how funny this movie is. Yeah. The scene, Busti Kaka is hilarious, but also the scene when like the Cholos come to rescue them from the side of the road. Oh my God. I love that scene. Salinas. (laughs) Like that, anything first, I'll I'll put it on my wall. Like it's just so, so good. Um, And I just love and Jennifer Lopez has that just charm. She's able to just like kind of, you know, roll with it all. And it's, well, it's just so she's a little bit shy. Also, she's like, guys, stop! I'm not hot and like super famous or anything. What? Well, and again, <laughs> so it's like Jennifer Lopez in this like breakthrough role in this movie about a modern sort of Tejano pop star that's going to like call back to it happened one night in that scene where she's just like, mm-hmm. I can like, you know, I can flag down a car and they'll stop and they're like, no, it won't. And then all of a sudden it's just like, she yeah. like, she's out there and, and, and it's so like, it's obviously, you know, a callback to, to yeah, that movie. Well, the type yeah. of family story that's happening before even the fame stuff comes into the movie does like feel like it's creating this like Capra yeah. story that feels very intentional, you know, like and it's very clever like they they have young ab say like well i'll write the songs then and then what do you know like when he's older he is right. their producer writing all these songs right like, mm-hmm. there's all these little like bits you know she wants the farm as a as a kid and then grow up and she's with chris and you know she's like let's have babies let's have you know have a farm and stuff i also want um, a side movie about suzette quintanilla uh who... i know <laughs> talk I about know. like suzette... like like jennifer lopez selena uh whatever otherworldly so beautiful such a star or whatever and it's like yeah but like suzette would be the one i would be like hanging with you know what i mean like suzette is the one she's like selena's so fucking crazy yeah. you know, she's, <laughs> she's the one talking shit in the back she's like the cool girl yes. absolutely totally um and i can nobody say john seda is so okay we need hot. to have a whole conversation about john seda because the haircutting who, sequence oh, oh john seda in the 90s i talk a lot about like early sort of like gay crushes for me i was i was a late i was a late bloomer it was one of those things obviously like we all grew up gay and we all have these those things where it's just like when you realize it to yourself and then all of a sudden it's just like oh this thing that's always been there um but it was like it was a lot of me sort of like realizing that like uh I was attracted to men like during high school and whatever and it would be why i would be just like watching uh a movie like so he shows up in primal fear in a very very small role where like the thing about primal fear is that edward norton's character plays this like altar boy who was uh abused like sort of sexually abused by this priest and this priest would film videos of him having sex with his girlfriend and his other friend who played who was played by john seda and you barely see him in this movie but i'm like that is an incredibly beautiful man. And then he's in the very, very first episode of Oz, the uh, HBO, oh. sort of like landmark HBO show about the the maximum security prison or whatever. And he gets, like, he gets killed in the very first episode of Oz. And it's sort of like this, like, 
you think it's not quite like Drew Barrymore in Scream, but you do feel like... Young the, Joe Reed is watching this, like, why am I crying? Well, it's like, it's one of those things where you feel like he's being set up as the main character, and then he gets um, killed by the end of the first episode. And it's like, it's sort of one of these things like, nobody's safe, this place is so violent, blah, 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 blah. Um, and not even a hottie like John. Well, I was going to say like, everybody's sort of like (laughs) awful and everybody's a a criminal. And some of the people are a little bit more like soulful, like uh, what's his name? Harold Perrineau's character is, is sort of this like more likable person, but they're all, you know, these, you know, very rough and violent people or whatever. And then me, I'm watching it and I'm just like, but he's so beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so like anytime he shows up in anything, I I like it like that. Like, I like it like that in 1984. Yes. So, yeah. So devastatingly cute. Um, we watched that movie for the show as well. And like him and, uh, is it Lauren Velez? Lauren Velez also on Oz. She was a major character on Oz. Yeah. They're so hot, so good. But, and that was kind Chris. of a big movie. It played the Cannes Film Festival. It was an yeah. Independent Spirit Award nominee, perhaps winner, I think maybe even. Um, it was like, I remember being like an indie, kind of an indie big deal. Yeah, and I, I, I just think his energy as Chris in, who's the the bad boy rock and roller. Oh guy, my god, he's got uh, heavy metal hair. Like that. Whole, yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, and his whole vibe is like, I feel good. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I like hot sauce. Like it's this, you know, very kind of grump. He's kind of like grumpy boy. Yeah, grumpy soft yes, boy. Yeah, and like Selena's just like with her enormous mouth, Ugh. red fucking lips, and she's like. But daddy, I love him. Like, oh my god, that's, that's the vibe. <laughs> I love a daddy, I love him scene. Daddy, I love him. No, it's very, it's very uh, Ariel and Triton. When you when yeah. you think about, that, I was gonna she, say Ariel and Triton. Yeah, <laughs> she's twenty one years old and she's like, I want to get married. Yes, he's never gonna learn. He's not gonna. We have to do it, Chris. Do you love me? Like, it is intense at twenty one. <laughs> it's true. And then they can't go back to Corpus Christi because the news has broken on the radio. Yeah. Um, I know. Oh my god. Yeah, but he's so gorgeous, and their 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 relationship is credibly innocent too is the other thing it's like you really it is it's very kind of an old-fashioned falling in love thing where they're just like well they're the two most beautiful people in the universe in this movie and so of course they have to end up together and that feels very like old like (laughs) old-fashioned in a way but um there's also this but we have the benefit of this being a true story (laughs) like well right oh yeah (laughs) exactly exactly but also like that we're just going to cast them as like the two most like yeah 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 ever um there's also the scene where he they're in um is it vegas or la i can't remember where they're in la they're in la and it's like well you can't let this boy loose in la because all of his rocker friends are going to come over and Right, well, trash a hotel room. Yeah. Right, well, because the one of the other band members is like, you're never going to end up with her. You're not good enough with her. Like he, he's it's it's his inner saboteur coming. It up, is, and he's like, I guess I'm just going to call up Guns and Roses, and they're going to come yeah. over, and we're going to trash my hotel room. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of inner saboteurs, can we say I watched this last night after watching Drag Race because I, I saw you tweet also, that. It's perfect. Like, yeah. accidentally walked into the uh, former rest in peace tradition of the movies that would play yes. on VH1 after Drag Race, and this was definitely one of them. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and it was perfect. Yes, you were feeling Jessica Wilde. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're all rooting for Jessica Wilde, right? Like, who I'm rooting for a few for? people, but like Jessica Wilde is definitely among them. Jessica and Heidi for me. Jessica Heidi and my dark horse is James. I love know? James Mansfield. Thank I'd you. love James, hot man. 
What a hot man. We can man. all agree. We can all agree. Mexican that James man. This out. Yes. Um, I think it's a, ge- the, a generally the, a pretty likable cast, I will say. Yeah. Last night, the gray bandana scene, I was like... <laughs> James Mansfield in its bondage. This is good information to know. Alexis Michelle very eagerly dis- disclosing that she has been in a swing. Would love to be there again. Oh, Alexis and Michelle as the main character of her own mind, but also this show is so <laughs> funny to me. It's so because like she couldn't be that on her season because her original season is like Shea Coulee and Sasha Velour and Peppermint and like all these like bigger personalities. Yeah. And now she's just like, it is my time to shine. I'm yeah. going to cry. I'm going to talk. I'm going to do whatever. And it's I'm going to be horny on me. Oh, 100%. It's so fantastic to watch. It's the so straight fun. face that she presented like, yes, I do want to fuck La La Ree. Like mm-hmm. it, she was like, I'm just not joking. I'm not making a thing of it. It is Jimbo. It, I did, in fact, Microsoft. slide into your DM, DMs. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else? I will like, also <laughs> say now, and I don't know what happens in Snatch Game this season, but if she does not do Sara Ramirez, and, but actually just Che Diaz, like, because you can't do wow. characters because, like, wow, yeah, but, like, yeah, that yeah. feels like a, a missed opportunity. Fate. fate. Anyway, um, all of these people could have been voted off by the time that this episode That's true. Aired, this episode's but... not coming out for so long. <laughs> We're ahead. We We're ahead sure. of the pace. Um, we should talk about Jennifer Lopez, you guys. We should get into the Jennifer Lopez of it all. Okay, can we... For The thing I think I need to lead us into the Jennifer Lopez conversation, Anaconda is released, like, three weeks after Selena. I was going to say, it's in also a spring movie, right? I remember, yeah. So it's just like, what a catapult. Like Jennifer Lopez was nowhere, and then she was everywhere. Because also U-Turn is at the end of this year. I remember U-Turn, speaking of Entertainment Weekly, being like a two-page splash in their fall movie preview that year. Mm -hmm. That like U-Turn was going to be a big one, and it sure was not. But I remember seeing it. But like, is she still in an Oliver Stone movie in And it's like the the second lead in that movie, right? It's like Sean Penn and her. Like, she's the second lead in that movie. So what a weird... And not think, super fun movie, but like it's a bizarre one. I think like you know this is the era of like the what music colleges might call like the mini Latino boomlet of sure. like the early millennium. Where I mean, she was she obviously is a star and she's amazing, mm-hmm. but like right place, right time because you know it it was kind of like uh between her Enrique Iglesias who also had had a career in Mexico um and in Spanish speaking world Shakira um it, well it that was, was the thing ha- is all of these crossover stars would be huge like i remember like the Shakira and Ricky Martin of it all especially and Enrique uh, Iglesias Ricky, is another yeah. good one where it's like these people break through and like again soap opera joe I remember Ricky Martin from General Hospital. So, like, when Ricky Martin broke through, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't like, oh, it's Ricky Martin from Menudo and from, like, The Cup of Life or whatever. It's like, Miguel from General Hospital is a big, giant crossover star now? Watching this movie last night, I was like, "Is was Constance Marie on a soap? Doesn't matter. Joe will bring it up if she was. I was like, there's a 0% chance of Joe not bringing up a soap. Uh, Uh, I don't remember Constance Marie from a soap, although it wouldn't surprise me. She's... I remember she's her from the, the George Lopez show. George Lopez show. Yeah. Like, she is 
every Mexican American. She was. She was apparently Nikki Alvarez on Santa Barbara, which was a show that I didn't really watch because by 1990 it had gotten canceled, or by uh, the early 90s. I'm not sure 1990, but anyway, she she was also a dancer though. She was on tour with like Paula Abdul, and you know she she she. I think both her and Jennifer Lopez have a lot of. Um, great physicality they're in such command of their bodies and it's because they're dancers yeah Mm -hmm. um and and i think like a lot of i mean okay so let's talk about jennifer lopez and like her acting in this movie yeah lie girl constance marie by the way is only like a few years older than jennifer lopez just for the record that's again why the librarian wig was was necessary (laughs) they said we gotta age it up yeah um I think a lot of this movie is a physical performance like clearly oh yeah like you Mm -hmm. can't you can't have selena without her body without her dancing around you can see jennifer really working those fucking nails really Mm -hmm. working that mouth you know just like making it very big yes she has the accent i mean i cannot stress enough like that is exactly how texas girlies from that like region (laughs) sound um it's it's it is very impressive somebody who somebody like jennifer lopez who by this point plays not necessarily like, oh, she's always the same person in a movie, but like she is first and foremost Jennifer Lopez. Even when she's Ramona in Hustlers, a great performance yes. and a great acting performance, she's still first and foremost Jennifer Lopez. And I think she's in celebrity. And I think in Selena, I think you're, you're right to bring up the physicality of it. And it's small choices, right? It's not mm-hmm. these like big, you know, uh, these big sort of like transformational things, but it's small choices and you're watching it and like this is the least like Jennifer Lopez, I've maybe ever seen her in a movie. What's wild is that I think for me specifically, but probably for a lot of people uh, with my experience being Mexican-American of my age, she has overtaken the face of the real Selena. Like, sure. I, I don't remember this face sure. when I think of Selena. Sure. I think of Jennifer Lopez's face. Sure. Which, which is, which is so wild when people talk about how I think, I think the transformation in this performance is in her dancing and in that like physicality you guys were talking about that it looks like her i would also credit the costume designer like yes. you want to talk about oscar's mo- uh, nominations this movie should have had mm-hmm. elizabeth Baraldo's costume design is part of the transformation of selena and how convincing it is but like facially she does not look like no. selena no. <laughs> um, i mean selena i mean so like selena is a beautiful woman but like she looks very Mexican. Yeah. Like, that right. is, and, and Jennifer Lopez, I would say is a more classically beautiful woman. Like, and that's like, they're both beautiful. Like, let's be fucking real. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that's also why people were maybe mad that she was cast and not someone who looked more like Selena. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's maybe why also I think, you know, I know we t- we'll talk later about like why this movie didn't do as well, maybe as it um, wanted to, or people had hopes it would, but it's there is a jarringness to the end of this movie. There is a, a there's a very abrupt, you know, like she's dreaming, she's about to cross over. They don't drag out the murder at it's all. It's very they abrupt. And but like before you know it, the movie is over. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't show anything. And it's a dream sequence, and she drops the rose, right. like in the, in the middle of the song, and and then it's just like uh, newscasters and ambulances and and crying, mm-hmm. and then boom, you're into this uh, vigil yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, and they're and everyone's holding pictures of the real selena yeah um and and i think like you know this this movie and a lot of movies like this have 
so much fucking legwork to i mean like you said mi familia had to be called my family mi familia right this movie does the same thing yeah the fucking woman at the beginning says queremos bailar we want to dance yeah like she would never fucking really say that she would <laughs> like right and so this movie has a lot of work to do to get fucking white people like not only interested but like caring about these people yeah and there there is jarringness at the end seeing these very mexican looking people holding a picture that is not jennifer lopez right and and this horrible thing happened and the brutality of this uh moment has to kind of like be smoothed over yeah um because it is such a fucking downer like it, there is no happy ending here like, right there is no you know uh, there's no epilogue and there's no like thing that says like Selena would go on to whatever. Like, right. None of that. It's just like Selena Quintanilla like 19 whatever to 1995. Boom. Black. And it's it's kind of like oh my god like what the fuck we just saw her want a Grammy and and she's gorgeous. Yeah. And, and uh. to me so it's it's tough. To me it's the it's it's the weakest part of the movie sort of comparatively. I think it for a movie that feels so assured through most of it I think you get the sense in that last sort of 15 minutes that it doesn't quite know how to end itself and how to, and I think there, I'm sure there are, you know, uh, issues of authorship, right? You know, we go back to, you know, the family and how much maybe the family doesn't want to linger or sort of, you know, exploit the grief of their own family. And you totally understand that. And yet it does feel like the movie is sort of, hustling past this point to get to the right. the vigil of it all uh, as you mentioned yeah. and well yeah so to say there's I, a there there is some like i don't want to say shenanigans but they the family i don't know if this is accurate or not but they were um i think seventh day adventist oh, some sort of okay. um i thought jehovah's witnesses oh maybe jehovah's they were like they were like alternative christians yeah um so there there was talk of that like they did not want her to get a blood transfusion because oh, of religious things, which probably would have like fucked up a little bit of like, in the end, it doesn't matter. Like she's sure, dead. sure, sure. But like, I'm sure that they were like, we're not going to fucking talk about how we were not allowing. Right. Right. Extre- extreme measures to something that a more, her. uh, a neutral uh, authorship might have lingered on. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, 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 and yeah, like the movie does rush to kind of like, you know, she's she has a moment where she's, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. She has the dream, she's singing the song, and then... And it kind of leans on the familiarity that it assumes the audience has with, like, this is the part of the story that you know, even you white people in the audience, this is the part of right. the story that you've seen on the news and you've, you know, you've, you're familiar with, so maybe we can just sort of, like... Uh, yada yada Yolanda yada yada news reports yeah. you know that kind of a thing well I mean I think maybe it's a little bit more of a creative risk and I I kind of feel like the abruptness of this you know sequence and it happening in terms of the story does really sell especially because the movie is such an emotional movie it's like tapping into our emotions at every point even if it's like a sentimentality I think it really set it it really as a story sells the level of impact that it has of how abruptly her life and her career was like cut short um yeah and even if that sounds like trite i think it's to me very effective in the movie 
in a way that it does like the thing that a lot of biopics do where it's like and now we show you footage of the real person right 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 in like that always feels cheap it i think because of that and yes it is kind of taking a creative risk because it becomes a very different movie than what you've been watching uh to me was very effective sure i wonder if if this movie had been made five ten years after she had died they'd been they would have been able to say like selena you know with a little bit of an epilogue like right actually Mm -hmm. her impacts you know at that moment they didn't know right they they were they were trying to get their daughter's name out there get her story out there like we're here we're fucking here Mm -hmm. and 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 so i think like there's a couple things like the movie is not functioning just as a piece of entertainment in this moment it's healing yeah you know there's you know catharsis with these actual fans and people and then also like just trying to you know god if her fucking life is this is all it is like we need to like put it out now while people still care yeah Mm because would this movie be i mean i think yes this movie would be made now because she has had the enduring staying power with so many people but at the moment i bet you Abraham was like, fuck, are, are people going to forget my daughter? Right. And that's heartbreaking. Sure. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it feels like you can imagine after the grief of it all, there is the anger of it all and a very understandable anger of it all of this, you know, my daughter was robbed of this gorgeous, beautiful life that she was going to have, this gorgeous, beautiful career, this impact that she was going to have on the whole world. And... Mm-hmm. Because of this, you know, one, you know, unhinged and selfish and, and you know, uh, uh, person. In Can we talk Yolanda. about Lupe Ontiveros, please? Can we please talk about Lupe Ontiveros? <laughs> May she rest. Fucking yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah. Character actress genius. I mean, uh, the thing you forget. She's too good in this movie. She's too she's good. Too she good. is. You she's want too, more she, of her. Uh, just like yes. in every movie she was in. Yes. She shows up like fully an hour and a half into the movie uh, oh and like so i kind of feel like the the you know the closeness of the family to the production of the movie is partly why you barely have yolanda in this movie and like more so serving a full narrative function but then on top of that like to make that work you do need somebody who is this like immediate screen presence when they show up and yeah I, I, we should maybe also do especially because it did well for her we should do real women have curves at some point um because she's tremendous in that she's tremendous in chuck and buck another movie that we could do chuck and buck she um, got like a critics prize for right or something she got like that? um I'm pretty sure she might have won Indie Spirit, but she won, I think it was like National Board of Review yeah. or National Society for that movie. Yeah. She's tremendous. Like, she does not get to be funny in this movie, but she can be incredibly funny. Her other um, 1997 movie, though, that off the top of my head I remembered was she's in one scene in As Good As It Gets, where she shows up on... Yes. Uh, yes. on Jack, at uh, Greg Kinnear's apartment when Jack Nicholson is sort of uh, uh, taking care of him is qu- not quite the term, but like after Greg Kinnear gets attacked and um, and she's telling Jack Nicholson, like, open his curtains, let him see the glory of God's world. And Nicholson in a racist, very, sort of like very, very racist, racist yeah. um, but but 
you know, consistent with his character kind of a thing. Um, and I remember that line being in the trailer. So, like, Lupian Deveros yes. is, like, fully, like, in the trailer of this movie and whatever. And the 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 punchline of the thing is, you know, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here, which is the line that is in the trailer and not the, you know, horrible, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. racism of, of that uh, scene i mean she I, I think when i say that she's too good in this movie she's too good because for for a generation of mexican americans that bitch is yolanda sure and fuck her yeah and fuck her and and fuck her little egg ring and like <laughs> her little mop of hair i mean like the scene of her in the the salon the where she's like well the salon where she's like she just has this like little i don't know of course no i'll take care of it uh, yes of course mm-hmm. and then when she's confronted I don't know, but I'll find it. Yeah. Like she has like this very, I don't know. She just has, she's giving so much with a little bit that she's given. Yes. When she's like it after the shooting, she's like, I don't deserve to live. Oh that my was God. my best friend. Uh, she, she really is making the sweetest lemonade out of the sourest lemon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, unfortunately I'm so sorry, um, Lupe. Like I, I'm sure people for until she died, we're like, Yolanda. <laughs> so I'm looking at her filmography from around this sort of time, and she is in the direct-to-video third Candyman movie, which is called Candyman Day of the Dead, and her character is only credited as Abuela, so I uh, don't imagine she's a prominent role in that movie. But... Uh, I mean, she was, she was the... Um, just like the working Mexican actress, sure. like just doing every maid part, doing you know, and and doing it at the best of her ability. Like, sure, fucking like, what were her options? What were oh her right, options? like so, she's working, man. She's you know she's and, working and all and and blessed to every you know person of color who's like I would never take those roles. Like good for you, babe. Um, it's fucked either way. It's fucked either way, yeah. and you can't like you know. Constance Marie has talked about like her auditioning and like people asking her to be more Mexican or Spanish yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure like I think uh, Gina Rodriguez has talked about like you know she doesn't she she got offered a part in like Devious Maids and she was like I'm not gonna fucking play a maid. Oh my god, and, Devious like, Maids! I was at ABC when that was being developed. Devious Maids, and like pop off like good for Gina Rodriguez sure. and like she's been able to have a career that is not but it's off the back of people like Lupe Antiveros who like is showing that like, yes, I can do more and I can be well-rounded and, 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 you know, and fucking slay at these like tiny little parts. Yeah, so yeah. Lupe, may she rest. Um, and that's why Chuck and Buck was such an interesting role for her because it was like, for once she's getting a, a role with some, some meat on that bone a little bit. And it's like, she's yeah. not the lead in that movie, but it's uh, at least a substantial, um, a supporting role in that. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine uh, uh, Abraham Quintanilla would be happy to hear me say this, but I did want more of of Yolanda in this movie. <laughs> like, part of it was because I think Lupin Deveros is such of a... Of who's playing her. Um, well, I think also, like, the movie, like, one of the shortcomings of the movie, I will say, is that it feels very random and bizarre that, like, she's like, that's my best friend, and, like, that's my... Right. You know, we don't... They don't really put a base of, like, why, why would Selena go 
personally go get these fucking papers? Why is Selena so attached to this woman? Right. Like, it, they don't show us a, a lot of like why the trust that, that Selena real. probably you know must have put in this woman, and we right. do somewhat see that like she has a relationship with all of the people yes, in her profession, that is like true. a personal right. relationship with all of the people. They want to buy her. They want to buy her a gift. They love her so much, right, uh, right? And so like there's a little bit there, but but it's not. It's like it comes down to one scene. Can we also yeah, talk and, about the pretty woman scene that happens in this movie? Oh yes. Every movie needs a pretty woman scene. <laughs> it's so, so good. I mean... That dress is $800. Yeah. Just take it off okay. the It's... it's uh, I think there comes a time when every um, non-white person has to deal with some sort of, like, situation like uh-huh. that. Where people perceive you to be... Or not even... It's not even... Like, there are poor white people who I'm sure have gone through this. Like, it, it, where people just, like, perceive you to be, like... What are you doing here? You don't belong you here. Yeah. And and Selena was is that I don't know, she was living like a fucking ninja in <laughs> Beverly Hills like because people you don't fucking know that that's Selena like right. and mm-hmm. that that scene is so good, played so perfectly the way that the like stock boy like drops his like Oh my god. Selena. Selena. And then Selena, like <laughs> Selena's here watching that like the word like get I don't I don't know. I wish I knew Los Angeles well enough to know what mall they were at. Um but Watching the like word snake through all the yeah. little like stock rooms and people on their cigarette breaks and whatnot, and just like I thought of the game Mall Madness. Did you guys ever? <laughs> were you the type of I, gay people that played Mall Madness? I didn't play children? it, but I was aware. I was aware of it. I, I remember, remember in Mall Madness, it would be like there is a sale in the <laughs> shoe store on the second floor. I thought of like. There is a Selena Quintanilla in the <laughs> dress store on the third floor. Yeah, and again, that, like that this was the era of of well, this was, by that point is uh, soon after the era of mall pop stars, right? But it's like right, yeah. but also like this movie or that scene is works on different levels because it's not only showing like you know it's not only the pretty woman thing like yeah mm-hmm. she she does belong here, but it also does a double duty of like showing. These are all working class yep. people. Yep. These are all people mm-hmm. who are working at the mall, yep. who are taking out the trash, the garbage people, the janitors, yep. who say, fuck this. Yep. Our girl is, is here. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And, and, and to be able, like, and so it does this double duty of, like, this is not just a Selena thing. This is, like, a society thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and guess what? Poor people and Mexicans get to have their own pop stars and get to have their own dreams, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking good uh, as the, like, um, launching point of... The Grammys scene where she wins her, the Grammy for um, best Tejano album and and that's I mean and that's it that that was the beginning that was like you know she's gonna cross over she's gonna do yeah. it everyone's like what are we gonna do with this woman who is so charmed everybody not only her family her fans these two countries but also fucking record executives who were like yeah. this is gonna be the next Gloria Stefan it's fucking amazing yeah um so Selena opens on opens wide like it's a it's a wide release from new line on march 21st 1997 it's up against liar liar which is the jim carrey's back to doing what you love movie after the cable guy we talked yeah, a little bit i can't remember in one of our hundred snubs i think episodes, i think Chris, it was the first or second maybe um talking about how jim carrey had one of those very um 
compacted careers where he breaks through so wildly in 1994 that by 1996 he was already like well this is the movie that's disappointed people the cable guy and then already by 1997 it's like he's back he's back as the he's jim carrey you love and <laughs> doing bits yeah and so that's your number one movie of the weekend is liar liar um which opened on a good thousand more screens than selena did anyway but it does uh 31 million to Selena's 11 million on that opening weekend. Selena is number two, um, but only ends up with domestic uh, box office of 35 million. And yeah. which for the late 90s, that's a good that's not dollar terrible. amount for. I mean, it's certainly not a bomb, but for like a non-bankable sure, star, sure. Yes. a biopic that a lot of people were like too soon about, sure. you know. It's also, you know, people, I, I will say like, yeah, well, did it make like buku bucks? No. But from where I'm from, it was the social event of oh, the season. Sure. Like, yes. people, people were camping out. This was Star Wars level, like yeah. lining up, packing the theaters to, you know, see our girl. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 cry and fucking just cry. Yeah. Um yeah. and so, you know, I, I do think like it's in like it, it it wasn't a bomb. It didn't like fucking, you know, lose money, you know, but this right. is a movie that, like you said, had James uh or Edward James almost was probably like the most well-known person 100%, in this movie, right? 100%. Oscar um, nominee. But uh, it's a, a story about, like, a Mexican family and, like, this pop star that people didn't really know. Yeah. And so, like, it does respectable. Yeah. But for being so early in the year, like, it it, it, pro- it, pro- it just didn't have the legs, you know? Well, and uh, movies also have di- had different lifespans at that point. Like, I first saw this movie on VHS where it's, like, all of my classmates were watching this movie yeah. on VHS. And yeah, yeah. I... I what realized on this watch i was like oh we loved this movie as children and i'm not quite sure and then you realize the first half hour of the movie is a kids movie. all children yeah. <laughs> you know uh, children and their parents you know so it's like yeah. oh th- well that makes a little bit more sense um but i bring up the box office in the context just of that by the time award season comes along a movie like this probably needed to be movie. more of a wide-ranging, broadly commercially successful phenomenon to sort of get into the Oscar conversation more so than just the Jennifer Lopez gets a Golden Globe nomination conversation. Even though I will say, that's a good Golden Globes category that year that she's nominated in. It really is. Helen Hunt wins, eventually wins the Oscar. She's also nominated against who should have won Pam Greer, uh, Joey Lauren Adams for Chasing Amy, and Julia Roberts for My Best Friend's Wedding. Honestly, iconic. Like It's a good category. I like every lineup. single performance in that category. I think they're all really good. It's also like a... a- this is the like musical comedy. I don't know if Selena the movie is a musical or comedy. There's certainly a lot of music in it. Um, <laughs> I think it's one laughs. of those things where it's like it's musical enough for us to put it in this category so that we can nominate it. Like it's that kind also, of Also listen, the Bitty Bitty Bum Bum montage is a way better musical sequence than many musicals that would yeah. come after this movie. Yeah, and and the costume changes. My goodness. Uh. Incredible. It's just, it's just. It's amazing so to good. do a Google image search on Selena, the Selena Quintanilla, the the actual human, uh, real person, and see just how many costumes were yeah. from like just 
stuff that she actually uh, uh, sort of wore. Yeah, at, 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 I'm telling you, this movie should have been a costume design nominee. Yeah, she she was doing drag. Like this, she was just like dragging mm-hmm. it up, and that's why so many queens still do Selena. When you first said uh, that, I'm like, duh, rag. Like, what is that? Is that like a, is that a, what are you talking about? I'm just like, oh, I get you. I get you. I get you. I get you. Capital D, duh, rag. Duh, rag. Uh, yes. Uh, um, yeah, but that's a very good lineup. Uh, but, I mean, that's wild though, because that's just the musical comedy. Like, yeah. who, who, what was I have uh, to believe that Jennifer Lopez was somewhere, like, somewhere seventh to ninth place in, in the Oscar voting? The eventual Oscar lineup. Yes. Yeah, probably. Pam Greer was definitely sixth. I think that's probably Oscar. true. For so for the Oscars, Helen Hunt wins again, right? Um, but um, I've never heard of this movie, "The Wings of the Dove" from Helena Bonham oh, Carter. She gets nominated. She's good. I will say, okay. it's it's a okay. it's a costume drama. It's based on a, is it Henry James? Uh, sure. I think um, she's this like very manipulative person. She essentially just sort of like puppet masters this uh, other woman's relationship with this guy she's into. And she's so, um, she's like wickedly nasty, but like really, really fantastic. One of my favorite Helen Bottom Carter movies. I think like the, the thing is like, so it, there's these two juggernauts. It's Helen Hunt and then fucking Kate Winslet right. Titanic. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone knows those movies. And then you have Judy Dench and Mrs. Brown, Julie Christie and Afterglow and Helen Bonham Carter. And I'm like, I've never heard any of these fucking movies before. Like, um, this was like the, the big. I, I was like, where's Selena? Oh, truly, I. This was the big Judy Dench crossover in that, like, this was the movie that sort of American Judy Dench critics, was actually probably second place over Kate Winslet. She wins the Golden Globe drama that year. Julie Christie and Afterglow is the one where it's like it's such a small movie. People didn't really see it. It was kind of surprising that it got this sort of groundswell from critics at the end of this movie to get or end of the year to get an Oscar nomination. But like, that's the one I think you can probably, you know, in a world where Pam Greer or Jennifer Lopez or Julia Roberts for my best friend's wedding, you want to elevate any one of those. I would think like, Nobody really saw Afterglow. Like, like at least with Mrs. And Julie Christie would have another comeback right. a decade later. Right, right. That's the thing. I so just, I just often think about, like, the best Oscars to me or the best Oscar nominations, like, meet the moment yeah. of, like, culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I... Pam Greer and Jennifer Lopez both like totally. were having moments. Totally. Where, like, they... I mean, it, and like you said, even uh, Julie Roberts, like, th- those were all, like momentous yes. things like these are young vibrant on the rise stars who gave like these gobsmacking performances in three wildly different movies um and yet we have like all these fucking costume shit. it's very <laughs> cost like- it's a very costume drama year i will say that yes and helen hunt <laughs> and helen hunt who you know is riding the james l brooks thing um the MTV Movie Awards that year nominated her for Breakthrough Performance, and this is a really interesting category. As 1990s MTV Movie Awards, I've, I've very much strayed from... Once MTV Movie Awards became MTV Movie and TV Awards, I'm like, all right, I don't need to pay attention to you anymore. And it was probably long before that. It was when, like, Twilight was winning Best Kiss for, like, seven years in a row, and it's like, all right. <laughs> for a milk No shade was... against the Twilight movies or whatever, but, like, you don't... Like, one movie does not need to dominate... That, for we that. used to have Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. We used to have a culture, get, man. Yeah, we used to yeah. have Sharon Stone. We also used to have his best kiss, like the homophobic nominees of oh. the two men kissing. Comedy, but it's supposed to yeah. be gross. Yeah. Male male yeah, comedy yeah. kiss was a uh, was a perennial best kiss nominee. But so breakthrough performance in uh, I imagine this would have been 
because MTV Movie Awards don't happen until like the middle of the year, right? But anyway, all of these nominees are from actual 1997, so it's it would have been a year. It would have been a year since the movie came. Yeah, out. Uh, Jennifer Lopez and Selena. Heather Graham wins for Boogie Nights, which is interesting because at the time it did seem like oh Heather Graham's going to be the next big thing, and right. and that didn't pan out. Joey Lauren Adams, there she is again for Chasing Amy. Rupert Everett for My Best Friend's Wedding. Sarah Michelle Gellar or Galar as a I will always think of her on Howard Stern being like, it's actually Galar, and I just let everybody say Geller, and it's like, okay! You mean like how uh, Susan, Sar- uh, Susan Sarandon said, it's Sarandon, but I just went with When it. did she say wow. that? I would love to She said that know. in an interview. I gotta find that, because I do find I it... I tried to find it, I couldn't find it. We are mortal enemies when it comes I to the pronunciation of Susan Sarandon's name. Uh, but anyway, Sarah Michelle Geller for I Know What You Did Last Summer, which, by that point, she was already had already broken through with Buffy, so like that's a little bit of a cheat nomination, but that's fine. I agree. Um, I think like at the time though, the most MTV movie winnery of the bunch is Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Like, yes, she's yes, like a hot, cool teen. But it's Boogie so Nights, funny to think of like if MTV knew that like within two years Jennifer Lopez would be like at the top of TRL with "If You Had My yeah, Love," mm-hmm. then like they absolutely would have given this award given to her, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did we think of? So, okay, I'm going to be radical. I'm going to practice radical honesty at this point, and I'm going to fully admit <laughs> that when Jennifer Lopez comes out with "If You Had My Love" in 1999, I was dubious. I remember uh-huh, thinking yeah. because, like, nope, nope, I got that album for my birthday. Listen, I love that you, song. Then you win the day, I... Chris. But what I'm what I'm saying is, she's she's Selena, and and then uh, Out of Sight happens in 1998, and the critics go gaga like the critics are all in on jennifer lopez uh and then the movie lion interview happens and (laughs) oh my god on jennifer lopez but by so she's but even still though like her her movie career was flourishing by that point and to me at least at the time i remember thinking why make this pivot when, in my opinion, at that point, I was like, you don't have to, to get to, you know, I don't know. I was, I was very dubious. It, thought she, it felt I like was she was dubious. stepping down from her yes. uh, movie ascendancy. Yes. And, like, I think a lot of people had that kind of skepticism, but now it feels like, I, I mean, like, I like her as a uh, musical artist. And, um, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I maybe I was just young enough at that time that I did sure. not share that skepticism, even if like I, think... I know I had classmates who had that skepticism. Um, but but I, yes, you know, if you have you... my love is also a banger. So it, no, it is a banger. Yeah. And the thing is, though, like I don't think I even thought about Jennifer Lopez after the movie came out. I was not like at the t- like I was a fucking teenager. I wasn't like. Yeah watching out of sight and wondering where fucking Jennifer Lopez, what yeah. her career was like. Listen, I was so, in college and I was a very mature person. So I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but so like to think about like, you know, when, if you had my love came out, I was like, Oh my God, work. Like she's actually like <laughs> doing that. And then, and so like, you know, and again, when you think about Jennifer Lopez now, it's like, Oh yeah, she's like the rom-com queen. Right. You know, she has banger after banger after banger. Um, but I mean, for, Real all shade, all tea. Like, she did not sing If You Had My Love. Like, that is Ashanti on the track, man. This is a conversation a lot of people uh, but, have about but, but, but she, I, but I, I love Jennifer Lopez. I do not care that, um, she 
is perceived by some to be whatever. Um, I watched her documentary so many it's times. It's such a good cried. documentary. It's such a good documentary. Cried and cried. And she, and that's a thing, like, all the dubiousness, like, I get it. Because who the fuck, she was a star in, in Hollywood. Like, what? But the thing is, like, she is such a fucking star. That's the thing. It doesn't matter what she does. It's not like, like she's, she not, she's not a singer. She's not an actress. She's a star. Like, that is the profession that Jennifer Lopez exists yep. in. And you, everything sort of emanates from that. Whether it's Hustlers, whether it's, I mean, talk about you watch that documentary. But, like, even before that, I that Super Bowl halftime show performance. And I, oh my God. And I am generally, I'm less impressed by Super Bowl halftime performances as a rule. Like, I genuinely feel like they're usually a little loosey-goosey and a little messy. And I more than often... I'm actually watching the Super Bowl, so by the time halftime comes along, half the time I'm like sort of out of the room. Um, don't ask, and yes. don't ask me about Rihanna this year because you don't want to hear my answer. But Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, I loved Rihanna of course this you year. did. Of she course just you park did. Park and did. it. She had a good time. She was on her little platforms, going up and down. And go, girl, give us nothing. That's fine. Honestly, good for her. Got her money. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira is the best Super Bowl. I all respect to Beyonce. All respect to Madonna. Whatever. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira is my favorite halftime performance of all time. It's so funny. You said, put those kids in those cages. Okay. (laughs) I, uh, same, same. Like this, there is, that Super Bowl happened and then the pandemic happened. Truly. (laughs) That was like, Parasite wins, Parasite wins Best Picture. Jennifer Lopez performs at halftime and nothing good happened after that. It's true. That, yeah, I, I watched that. Um, halftime show. I don't know, like monthly, weekly. Uh, so it, um, it it's a pick me up. It's a genuine pick me up in my day when I yeah. watch it. Yeah. The thing is, what I find weird about her music career versus her film career is, correct me if I'm wrong, but between Selena and Marry Me, there's not really an overlap, and it feels like there would be. She was trying to do the live Bye Bye Birdie for a while. Yeah. And that just like kept getting pushed back and never happened, and it'll never happen at this point. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think like what was her first was Made in Manhattan her first like rom commy thing or was it um, the Wedding Planner? One of I think happened. it was Made in Manhattan. I think that was the the earliest. And one. she might have like had a song in those movies, but it's not. But you're like right. She's doing M- movies. She's that... not taking these roles that really blend both sides. Right. That of ask her, her to celebrity. be a dancer. Ask her to be you know yeah. Shall we dance? Yeah, has her dancing at least. Um, yes, shall we dance? As does Hustlers. Well, yes, yes, Hustlers, but like by the time Hustlers comes along, you know, she's had a whole, you know, a whole career. She's lived a She's long lived, life. honey. No, actually, you're totally right. I was wrong. Made in Manhattan is 2002. The Wedding Planner is 2001. So props to you. Yeah. And so it seems like, you know, that happens and like there's a template. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's actually very just like charming and very like she she can do the bits and the pratfalls and like kind of silly setups and like these ridiculous um you know love stories and people love it you know and and so for a while she's driving in that lane and she's not doing the prestige like out of sight type stuff at all you know Mm -hmm. like um and and she's kind of marry me is in that lane um you know and, and i think she's kind of gotten a little bit stuck since then you know like I think um, Shotgun Wedding is in that lane, and I, th- I think Shotgun Wedding. I still haven't good seen Shotgun Wedding. I'm sort of trepidatious to watch it. Um, it's silly, Billy, you know, but yeah. I think it's really fun. Um, Pirates. The my <laughs> my preferred uh, sort of uh, Jennifer Lopez 
unserious romantic comedy is always going to be Monster in Law. I love her and Jane Fonda uh, in that movie. Oh my god, that movie's second act, baby. Second, second act is great. Second act is insane. It's so fun. So here's the, the thing: the genius casting of Vanessa Hudgens yes. as the daughter. <laughs> that is perfect. Can we talk about the era that nobody ever really talks about, which is? Uh, the era before Selena when she's actually really good in Jack. No, I've never seen Jack. <laughs> oh my Jack, god, yes. I've never seen What is her role she's in Jack? She's good in Jack. What is her, I mean, Jack is a, stupid, she's but she's teacher. good in oh, it. Oh, she's a teacher. She's a teacher. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And she's a teacher that he falls that he like falls in love with and has a crush, but like first of all, it's a little bit like Robin Williams, I love Robin Williams. Robin Williams hitting on Jennifer Lopez, kind of ick. But then, <laughs> you know, it's he's a child, you know, ten year old boy uh, flirting with Jennifer Lopez. Aw, oh, yeah. um, and she just like it, she's really good in the scene where she has to put him off gently. So yeah. no, but I'm talking. So I want to talk about the mid aughts because we did an episode ages and ages ago on an unfinished life, which she does with Robert Redford. Yes, but then oh, that's right. she follows that up with. Al Cantante, which is the movie that she and her husband at the time, Mark Anthony, starred in together. Okay, so yes, that is the example of the movie that I knew there was one. And I and then yes. back with Gregory Nava for Border Town, which is a uh, absolutely does not exist movie. Like right. These are all fake movies. Um, it's funny. And again, like to my Oscar history, I remember reading like a Vanity Fair one year and it was like early Oscar whatever and it was like El Cantante. Wow. Like biopic. Like she's going to get her Oscar nomination girlies. Like her and real life husband, Mark Anthony. Ra, ta, ta, ta. Sweetie, no. Like, well, like it, talk about it, this. Had Oscar those were like, the ooh. movies she made. Like she makes Monster in Law in 2005. She makes The Backup Plan in 2010. And in the middle, it's just those kind of movies. And it's like, and it felt like at the time, Jennifer Lopez wants to make her serious movie. She wants to make you know, the movie that's going to give Mark Anthony his crossover sort of like big major role. And it just doesn't, nothing clicks. Like it doesn't happen. And and I think by that time though, people are just like conditioned to like want to laugh and have a good time with her. She's, Mm -hmm. and, and I think she was like, no, I'm actually a serious actress. And I think she is, but I I just don't think people want to. It genuinely took, honestly, I think the boy next door to like, to, to shake us all out of the doldrums of this like m- like career dip that she kind of had. Well, we're, we're, I, fun movie, yeah, stupid as hell, so stupid, so movie. fun. I can't believe I've forgotten. Like I am a sucker for. Do you guys remember the movie Angel Eyes? Oh sure, or, yes, yeah. I've seen Angel Eyes. Unfortunately, I was obsessed with that movie in high school. Um, Jim Caviezel is a crazy person now. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but that like that era of. Um, enough Eyes, enough oh um, i love enough so much like, good movie she she was like yeah being a little weirdo yeah. for a little while yeah. you know so I, I her film career is a lot more varied and interesting than just yes you know people i think just think about like the made in manhattan the wedding planner right and selena um but she's she's taking some swings and good for her totally uh what does she have coming out well she's in She's on Netflix now with The Mother, a movie that I could not believe was released uh, a couple weeks ago because... And pulled better numbers than as according well, to Netflix, Netflix is saying it's the we number one movie in forever. Say yeah. string words together about what their viewership is, but apparently did better than like Glass Onion and Red Notice. Yeah, Red Notice, which is not I don't movie, believe so. a single fucking person watched Red Notice. No, 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 no. They're they're like everyone's seen it, so you guys. But everything that Netflix too. says always sounds <laughs> vaguely bullshitty and whatever. But like I. 
I was I knew this movie was coming down the pike or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, it's been up for you know a week or two, and it's like, okay, um, haven't watched it sure, yet. Sure, Jan. No, haven't watched it yet. What I she's listen, she's making movies now. Like she's not going to fucking oh, yeah. do something in t- unless she wants to. Right. Um, she is like, if she wants to get something done, she's going to make it happen. And if it has to fucking like, marry me was basically a music video sponsored uh-huh. by NBC. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh, yep. Like, and honey, get those fucking checks. I don't give a fuck yep. how her movies get made. I don't care. Like, uh, I, she's producing and she starring could... in a sci-fi movie coming up called Atlas. Apparently that's another Netflix movie. That's going to be her and Simu Liu and Sterling K Brown. So yeah, but it's another Netflix. Well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I how... wish I liked Simu Liu better. He's, he gives me weird vibes. He does know. kind of give you weird vibes. Doesn't he? A little well, it's bit? because he's, he's terminally online. That's, and I'm like, that's the log thing. Off. That's the log thing because off. I thought he was so charming and good in Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. And I'm yeah. looking just forward to seeing him in Barbie. You know what I mean? But it's like, yes, just, just be, be hot and famous. Just be hot just and famous. Hot. Don't talk. To, like, don't, don't tweet. Don't tweet. Right, and that's why I like Jennifer Lopez. She's like, listen, I am selling my new line of Italian spritzes. Yep. <laughs> I'm also selling my new line of like lingerie. She does not give a fuck. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. you're she, famous. You don't have to tweet anymore unless yeah. you're selling something. Yeah. yeah, and and that's Jennifer Lopez, and I love. Her. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, anything else we want to say? Do we uh, have anything else we want to say about the motion picture of Selena or Jennifer Lopez or anything in general before we move on to the IMDb game? I would just, I, I want to um, make sure before we like move off of it that there are moments in the movie where like the graphics, it's like the sky and like flowers blooming and like all this kind of like cheese, <laughs> like embrace the cheese, embrace the cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the vibe that is a part of that visual language of like, you know, uh, the Tejano music videos. And like, if you just let that go and it's like, it's beautiful. She's beautiful. She sounds great. Um, oh, we didn't mention she is lip syncing for her life the entire. Oh week. yes, um, yes. That was one thing about like when she started her music career. It was like, yes, you loved me in that movie, but I also can sing too. Yeah, yeah. I believe like which th- there's like a- but we still love you. <laughs> Again, not you know a singer, she- a star. She's 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 a star. Yes, yeah. yes, right. not a singer, star. Uh, but yeah, I think for. I, you were talking about access accessibility earlier, Joe. Like, I think there are like some people think like, oh, maybe it's a little at arm's length. But like, if you just literally let it go, like, it is a wonderful, tragic American tale about a pop star who like was taken too soon, yeah. and it is so uh, it's so easy to fall in love with her story and like this artist. Um, and if it's if it's not like the music, it's the costumes. It's not the costumes. It's the dancing. There's so much to love in the movie. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think th- that a lot of that that you're talking about is kind of what, you know, makes this movie as good as it is and uh, why it's partly stuck around because, like, it is, like, adjacent to a lot of these type of biopics that we don't like that are boring. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's well made in that way. It's also shot by Ed Lockman, I, which I didn't know until I looked this up. And I was like, oh, so th- that's part of the reason why it, it looks, looks so fucking good. incredible. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's while you know everything has to be uh, withering or like so self serious now. Like there is an earnestness about this movie that I do think actually makes the movie better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. good movie. Thank you, Louis, for uh, for for bringing it to us. 
You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, and, you're not done uh, yet, by the way. We <gasps> still got an no, IMDb game. No, I think we're you. over, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Guests are always so nervous about the I IMDb know, game. I know. It's just because you guys just have like fucking movie galaxy brain that like normals do not have. <laughs> like, I think it's like so funny how you guys are like, oh, the year 96? Yeah, of course. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. What the fuck? Joe, since it's been a, well, it's been this a, is the it's other been an thing, age. Yeah. We haven't done the IMDb game in a long time at this I point. Um, like two months, month and a half or something. Uh, so listen, you're getting, you're getting us at a very, uh, vulnerable, raw, unpracticed moment. So, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, Joe, tell the listeners what the IMDb game is in sure. case they forgot. In case you forgot, it's been a minute. Every week we end our episodes with the IMDb game where we challenge each other with an actor or actress and try and guess the top four titles that IMDb says they are most known for. If any of those titles are television, voice only performances or non acting credits, we mentioned that up front after two wrong guesses, we get the remaining titles released. Here's as a clue. And if that's not enough, it just becomes a free for all of hints. We love, we love a free for all for him. We do. Yes. Maybe my favorite part. All right, Louis, as our guest, you get to choose not only if you want to give or guess first, but who you want to give or guess to slash from. Oh my God. I didn't even consider, uh, do I want to get, no, I know I'm going to give first. Okay. Just to like, let's get the the wheels greased before my torture. Um, (laughs) and who are you giving to? I think I'm going to give to Joe. Okay. Um, and I had, uh, some options, um, at first, I um, really wanted to um, do Minnie Driver. Um, she got a Best Supporting Actress nomination um, at the Academy Awards the same year. But her, what she's known for is kind of like Bummerville. Like, there's two TV things. And I was like, no, okay. we're not going to do that. All right. Um, so instead, we are going to um, another Best Supporting Actress that year in Miss Joan Cusack. Um, love. We've done, we've done an episode about her on the Mixed Reviews. We live, laugh, love. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, Joan Cusack. She is so fucking good. Um, and I think she has a really interesting career. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Joan Cusack for Joe. Is it all movies or is any of it television? It is all movies. No shameless here. Okay, no shameless, I was going to say. All right. <sighs> The thing that's challenging about Joan Cusack in the IMDb game is so many of the things she's most loved for are stuff where she's like fifth or sixth build. Right. She's um, a little she's a little bit of a bit queen, but But like that's why that's why I love her. All right. That's why we love her. I'm gonna guess Adam's Family Values. No. Oh, in a in God, in no. a in a very shocking twist. No she's Adam's Family so Values. So good in that movie. I know. Malibu Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um in and out. <laughs> so many gays just jumped off a cliff, <laughs> yeah. though that's not on her. I know. Uh, but in and out, yes, that is okay. the number one. I'm going to also guess Working Girl. Correct. Okay, her two Oscar nominations. These um, these next two, uh, admittedly, are a little bit like off the okay. beaten path. See, well, then the next one I was going to guess. Well, maybe not. I don't fucking know. I don't know what the fucking beaten path is for John Cusack. <laughs> I will say I was very surprised by one of these, and I forgot she was in this movie. Okay. I feel like it's one of the ones she's in with her brother. And I'm going to guess it's gross point blank. Very good. All right. Okay. Very good. Um, Isn't she, like, taking conference calls with a gun in her hand? <laughs> yeah, in that movie? Yes. I haven't seen that movie in at least a decade. Um. All right. I'm going to, this is less off the beaten path, but I'm just going to guess it. Is it School of Rock? 
incorrect, but that's okay. a good, that's a good um, uh, guess. She's uh, good in that. She's so funny in that. Is it time to I give? Do I give? Yes, you the, give me the year of the um, the, the year is twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So it's not broadcast news either, which I know. Right? I mean, she's not in that movie. She's that not much, in that movie but very she's much, but she's so memorable. Leaves such a mark. All right, twenty twelve. What's she doing? Oh, what? I don't think that's the year of Friends with Money, but I'm going to guess Friends with Money. No, no. no. Friends with Money is what? Oh, six. No, earlier than that. It, wow. It, well, yeah, it might be 06. Okay. It's 06, yep. 2012. It's uh, not a comedic role. No. Com- and again, like, not in it a lot. And I, w- I mean, I'm surprised that this is on here. Oh, is it Perks of Being a Wallflower? It is yep. Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's a weird one to have on her. She's like the psychiatrist or the doctor or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Like, yeah. In the final reel of the movie. In the final reel of the movie. It's wild because, like... You- that that she's not on here for Adam's Family Values is yes, nuts. like weird. she's yeah. she's in that movie a lot and the people yes. love that movie yes. Um, I don't know that perks of being a wallflower. That's so strange. Adoration. Again, it's the unknowable she algorithm. Could feasibly be highly highly built in that movie, or she got might an get an ant. She might get an ant yeah. in that. But again, is that, who knows? Is that how this does? Like we don't know. We don't. Oh, we don't know. Okay. It's all it's all assumptions. Every once in a while, we'll we'll try and be like, we think this is what they do, but then like we end up Conflama. getting proved wrong. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Good choice, Louis. Thank you. All right, Chris. For you, um, I traveled down the Jennifer Lopez route uh, for one of her 2023 My movies, route. which is Shotgun Wedding, which she co-stars with one Jennifer Coolidge. Who oh, never... I thought you were about to give me. Josh, Josh Duhamel. Duhamel. I was going to kill you. <laughs> I bet you Josh Duhamel is like three Transformers movies and something else. like uh, right. and, and win a date with Ted Hamilton or something like that. But no. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, no television. Okay. It's probably too soon for White Lotus to show up maybe, on there. Maybe. Um, the question is which Christopher Guests are on there. Um I'm going to say Legally Blonde. No, not Legally Blonde. What? I know. Wow, 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 Gays are yelling, yelling. Is American Pie on there? Yes, it is. This is an indicator of how this is going to go. Straights run this. Straights run this town. I'm going to say A Mighty Wind. Correct, A Mighty Wind. Wow. <laughs> thank God for model trains. Yeah, thank God for model trains. Oh, absolutely. You know, if they didn't have the model train, they wouldn't have gotten the idea for the big trains. <laughs> Again, I've I've mentioned this on. It's the loudest and longest I've ever laughed in a movie theater ever. Was yeah. that that joke in a mighty wind? That so yeah, funny. yeah yeah yeah. The best joke in any Christopher Guest movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, best in show. Nope, not best in show. Okay. Strike two. Okay. okay, so your missing years are 2004, and it says here 2022, but I'm going to tell you it's 2023. Okay. Um, 2004 is the Cinderella story? A Cinderella story, but yes, correct. Wow. That's what I said. You said the Cinderella story, and No, I'm sorry. I said a Cinderella story. Okay, okay. I'm going to listen back. The this. girls are fighting. The girls are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so something that was 2022 but came out in 2023... Yeah, I think it says 2022 because it opened in like uh, England or Canada at the end of 2022. But like, oh god, what movie did she do recently that did that? Um, 
It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would do that. It's not a festival. It's it's. I will say that is not a festival movie. Is it like a Netflix movie? Not what is this. Not Netflix. Amazon. Yeah. Shotgun Wedding. It's Shotgun Wedding. Yes. I was okay. like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's well, wow. Right. How is Shotgun Wedding I there? Don't know. I don't know. And and White Lotus isn't. White yeah. Lotus isn't. It's weird. Like yep. Or Legally Blonde. Legally, or Legally Blonde. Blonde. Yep. Or yeah. Best in Show. It's like, that's the other thing is she's a much bigger part in Best in Show than she is in A Mighty Wind. And yet, um, she's probably like third build in Shotgun Wedding. Yes, probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's like a lot of photos tagged to her. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. That's, right. And she's playing Josh Duhamel's mother. Is that, in that movie? <laughs> it is psychotic. That's old. all right. I <laughs> old. Okay. Okay. So, Louis, for you, uh, I went gentle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talking about not only Oscar winner, but beat Jennifer Lopez to the Golden Globe, none other than Helen Hunt. Miss Helena Huntina. One okay. television. Okay, okay, yes. Um, certainly Mad About You is the Mad TV. About You, correct. Yes. Uh, her Oscar is, uh, we talked about it, uh, As Good As It Gets. Correct. Uh, oh, Twister, hello. Uh, Twister! Twister, three for three. How shitty would it be if Twister was not on Helen Hunt's Honestly. known for? Okay, I've been doing so well, but I have no fucking clue what this fourth <laughs> movie could be. What the fuck? Um, I feel like she's made a stupid, like, um, um, Woody. Is his name Woody? I don't fucking know anymore. My brain is now Woody much, Allen? Uh, yes. Yeah, she's, yeah, he, yeah. She's made a dumb Woody Allen movie, right? Like something about poison and the gems or something. Um, Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Poison That's, and the gems would be a better that title. A guess? That's yeah. what I said. Um, <laughs> so, so the, Is that your guess? Sure. It's incorrect. Okay. Yeah. I was like, uh, Woody Allen. Um, this is a much bigger movie than that shitty Woody Allen movie. Okay, a much bigger movie. Um, Helen Hunt... Uh, she is definitely second build. I was going to say it, exactly though. that. It's like, She's probably second build. Yeah. I'd be surprised if you haven't seen this. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Helen Hunt is just not on like my radar as um, an actress, I guess. Um, I'm trying She's to. Not really on the radar of this movie either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to even think like of anything else that she's been in that I know of, like off the top of my head. Uh, Mad about you, the movie. Uh, <laughs> Listen, don't put it past them. At well, didn't this they, point didn't they try and do? Re- they revived did, it as a series in 2019. Yeah, on like that's one of those. I can't remember who, but uh, somebody who I follow on Instagram every once in a while will put up this photo of this one subway station that like still had. <laughs> A Mad About You uh, uh, poster yes, from 2019 yes. that like stayed up like throughout the pandemic and just never got papered over. <sighs> yeah, I remember that subway yeah. stop well. Um, okay, yeah, I have no idea. Um, so I think it's hint time because I have no fucking. Okay. This uh, movie is we'll like. say that you guessed Mad About You, the reboot, and uh, that it was wrong. This movie is from the year 2000. It had an acting Oscar nominee that was probably very close to winning. It's basically like this one actor is pretty much the whole movie, but she's like yeah. the oh, most. Oh, oh, oh! It's Castaway. It's Castaway. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you don't think about her in this movie. Yeah, that makes sense. If they could yeah. have credited a volleyball, that would have been second build, and Helen right. would have been third build. But yes, as, yes. as in terms of humans, she yes. is a second. She is a second build. Yeah. Yeah. A, a movie I have seen. I 
Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. I did okay. Right. Like, you did decent. very good. You did a great job. You did very good. I yes. also had to do this because even though uh, the episode is technically ending, we do have to talk about. I need to get your opinions, Louie, on Hot Twisters, the sequel. That like, why are we doing a sequel to Twister? It's why? Because and, it's third. But the cast is so hot. Also, but <laughs> it's a prequel. Is that right? I believe it's a prequel. What? I, think I think I did that, hear that. I yes. think I read that it is a prequel, which makes no fucking sense. Um, Twister is a perfect movie. Um, it's the origin story of the tornado that killed uh, Helen right, Hunt's right. parents that she has vowed vengeance against. Right. It's actually about Dorothy, so that they did the Dorothy <laughs> one through five. I don't. I, I only know the hot guy from Nope is in it. Are there other hots in it? Oh, Joe, let's pull this up. Uh, hot guy from Nope, uh, Brandon Perea got cast recently, but it's also. Glenn Powell and Anthony Ramos and Daisy Edgar Jones wow. and Sasha Lane and Daryl McCormick, uh, just the the hottest of hotties, and also Maura Tierney, who's also a certified hottie. There's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of hots in that. I, I feel like they said the cast of um, Top Gun Maverick. Round, round them up. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Louis, have you seen Good Luck to You, Leo Grand? Yes. Daryl McCormick. That hottie. Is that so hot? Yeah, yeah, he's so hot. Yeah, I, he's yeah. he's very good in the um, Apple. Plus whatever show where like um, all the girlies are killed. That one um, asshole boyfriend. You guys not watch that? Oh uh, yes, um, no. um, uh, with Sharon Horgan. Um, yes, Bad Sisters. Oh, yes. Bad right. Sisters. I watched the first episode of that, but yeah. I haven't. Yeah, back around. Yeah. Let right. me tell you, that man is gonna crack someone's hip. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Emma Thompson. Um, uh, very, very, very hot cast, and yeah. I. I, I hope they get a little Helen in there. She needs, you Absolutely. Know, I mean, she, she, what does she do? This she's does feel like the kind of movie that's going to have, like, a cameo. And, like, she's kind of the only one. I mean, I guess Jamie Gertz could show up, too, I suppose, at any point. But um, Maybe they'll do the, the Top Gun of it all where like, they show a picture of her. Like, just like a picture <laughs> of the person. If Lois Smith is not in this movie, what are we doing here? Well, honestly. <laughs> speaking of regulation hotties, uh, cast Lois Smith and <laughs> Twisters. In all things. Um, All right. I think Louis, that is our episode. This was so fun. Louis, this was amazing. Thank you, guys. I had a blast. Um, my nerves are settling after the okay. game. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just like so happy to talk about uh, this movie that I love and Jennifer Lopez and her like crazy kooky celebrity career. Yeah. I don't care if you think she's a bitch. She is my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she is a Jets fan, which uh, was made canonically clear in her documentary, but I forgive her. So that's <laughs> Alrighty, if you want more This Had Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz and on Instagram at thishadoscarbuzz. Louie, tell our listeners where they can find more of you. You can find me on Twitter at, at Luigi uh, Rendon. That's L-O-U-I-E-G-R-E-N-D-O-N. But also, you should listen to me and Gavin's show, This Had Oscar Buzz. Um, literally, just search This Had Oscar Buzz all the places, and you will find us. Um, the mixed reviews, so- I believe you mean. Is that what I'm not fucking You're saying you're, you're saying you're such, directing you're directing the listeners back to this show. My my brain is falling apart. Yes, the mixed reviews. Oh my goodness. Um we are a fun little gay show where we just do a little jibber jabber, have friends and folks over, talk about girlies. Um we are recording our next episode on Monday about Another iconic uh, Latina actress, uh, Miss Michelle Rodriguez. Hell yeah. Um, and so I've been watching a lot of Fast and Furious, and it's 
It's a Did toy. you watch her problematic movie? Uh, the Assignment? Mm. Yeah. Oh, my grumble, God. Grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, well, I kind of... It took me, like, to watch the movie to be like, oh, it's a horrible pun on, like, mm-hmm. yeah. gender assignment. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. 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 Kooky, kooky gal, but uh, a fellow South Texas gal. So um, There you go. But, yeah, find us over at uh, The Mixed Reviews. We have a lot of fun. Can't believe we incepted you to promote our podcast. I know. <laughs> Excellent show. If you listen to our show, you have to listen to their show. You guys fucking like, law. what's that thing? Um, Stockholm Syndrome me. Or yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Joe, where can the listeners find more of you? Uh, I'm on Letterboxd and Twitter at Joe Reed. Reed spelled R-E-I-D. All right, and I am also on Twitter and Letterboxd at Crispy File. That's F-E-I-L. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork and Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mavius for their technical guidance. Please remember to rate, like, and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever else you get those podcasts. Five-star review in particular really helps us out with Apple Podcasts visibility. So, um... Bitty, bitty, uh, bomb, bomb. I was going to say... Exactly. <laughs> bitty, bitty, bomb, bomb. Uh, give us a bitty bitty bomb bomb rave because that's one word for each star. Um, that's all for this week. We hope you'll be back next week for more buzz. Bye. Bye. Bye.